Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the DAR Radio Podcast. If you're tuning in from the Excuse Me, What's Like You're Listening To podcast, this is a bonus episode, I hope. <laughs> this is a pilot episode for the future podcast of DAR Radio. Hosting this show will be Yosef Dar of DAR Radio, Sandra Beebe of the Excuse Me, What's Like You're Listening To podcast, and myself, which also comes from the Excuse Me, What's Like You're Listening To podcast, as well as Jose's Groove, which can be found at DAR Radio. This podcast can be seen as an extension of the Excuse Me What's That You're Listening To podcast in partnership with DAR Radio. Many of you that listened to the first episode of the Excuse Me What's That You're Listening To podcast really liked the flow and the vibe that I had with Yosef DAR. So we decided to partner up for a podcast along with my co-host of the Excuse Me What's That You're Listening To podcast, Sandra Beebe. So I hope you enjoy this podcast going forward. It will be a bonus stream in the Excuse Me What's That You're Listening To podcast. I hope you enjoy the very first episode of the DAR Radio podcast. And now on to our show. putting in your earbuds right now let's see what happens like right now it's this whatever you're hearing right now this is this is speaker oh i'll put the earbuds and i'll show you the difference okay. i don't know if you can hear the difference but hold on so that that is uh earbuds i think it's a slightly clearer right mm, it sounds clearer to me it sounds clearer baby that way with, what do you with you the earbuds yeah you feel comfortable with the earbuds in yeah okay yeah yeah, we want to make you comfortable first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's all about making me comfortable. That's right. <laughs> so, so, so we're all going to be comfortable. <laughs> we're going to be like sitting in a in a a, a lounger, you know. One mm-hmm. of the, a lounger. Yeah. Yes. Don't, mm-hmm. Do they have a special lounger in in uh, uh, Oregon? Is it Oregon? Yes, it is Oregon. Okay. Oh, or okay. So they have special loungers in Oregon to make you feel comfortable. Right. That's, Probably. Yeah. That's the kind of state we are. Right. You I'm, know. An Oregon. Lo- an, an or- I don't know whether you're talking about the places to smoke recreational pot. Is that what you're talking about, babe? Oh no, no, I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> oh, oh, is that is that the name of the dispensary? Unfortunately, there's plenty of those to go around now. The Oregon Lounge. I love it. The Oregon Lounger. It's a dispensary. You now, know? now we know. Oh, there's a dispensary on every corner now. Now we know oh. we've been in the wrong business. We need to open up our own dispensary. This although is... you and I oh. won't so many of this stuff. Those dispensaries? Oh my gosh. They're making so much money hand over fist. Yes. They're actually making more money than um, than liquor stores. Right. Yes. And so that's why the state wanted it um, legalized. Right. Exactly. Because just like they regulate uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, because we can't, in the state of Oregon, you can't buy 
Well, I don't know about New York either, but like in California, you can just walk into a grocery store and buy hard uh, hard liquor. Right. They have like separate little areas and things That's like right. that. They don't do that in Oregon. Right. They don't. Um, do that you in have New York. to go to a specific in, in New York too. Wait a second, though. But when you go to a supermarket, like for example, Fred Meyer's, you can buy wine all the time. I guess wine isn't considered wine. hard liquor. Wine but and beer. They have wine a and beer only. Huge selection of wine right. in yeah. the supermarkets over there. Right. And no, hard yeah, yeah. no hard liquor. Mm. No hard liquor. No hard liquor. Where in California, right. you can just walk into a grocery store and buy anything you want. That's right. I don't know you if know. the same rule applies, but in Connecticut, you're not able to buy any alcohol after 12 o'clock. And it happens to be an interesting story in our relationship about that. If you wouldn't mind me sharing this, what? Andy. Well, hold on. I don't even remember the story. I, what? I, I, I want to. I want to step in here because we're we, we are let's, wasting let's, let's, great let's, conversations let's, let's, right no, now. We, this is going to go on. This is going into the. This is going into the recording. This is going in the recording. Oh, oh, we're, we're recording. going to start so on. This is going to start high. You mean we're you, you started you started the conversation. You started the conversation okay. and we're gonna continue it. Alrighty. So okay. I'm Jose Ramos. This is Yosef Dar Yosef of Dar Radio. Dar. Jose Ramos of Jose's Groove. And on the line we have Sandra Beebe, who happens Sandra to be Beebe. who happens Sandra to be Beebe. my wonderful and spectacular fiance and co host of Excuse Me, what's that you're Indeed. listening to? Indeed. Now, when we first started dating I went to Connecticut with my family to a casino for because my my aunt's it was my oh, aunt's no, birthday. It was my oh, this is going on there. Oh, it was my I, aunt's birthday. I like the story already. It was my aunt's birthday, and we went to a casino. My brother and I had no clue what we were doing. We were just walking around and stuff. And in Connecticut, there's absolutely nothing near the casinos. Basically, the main attraction is the casinos. But we happen to be staying out. We weren't staying in the casino. We we're staying adjacent to the casino. So I happened to be dating this wonderful woman named Sandy uh, in the early stages <laughs> of our relationship. And I say to her, babe, there's something called a cabaret across the street from our, the casino. Oh, no. What do you th um, Do you think I should just go there to have fun or whatever? Oh, no. Oh, sure. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yes. have fun. It's a cabaret. Sure. Now, oh, my, my opinion God. of a cabaret is what the movie <laughs> Cabaret is. Mm -hmm. It's basically women on stage doing a dance, song a routine, mm -hmm. where it's a little, you know, a little fun, yeah. ha -ha, whatever. Well, when you're walking well, over and, to this... And in Oregon, you have to realize that in Oregon, they do have, like, when we go down to Southern Oregon and they have all the different plays and they, they have cabaret shows and they're, they're just a normal show. Right. Yes. It may be a little... A little, you know, it's risque. more like it's a little risque, it but like, still. Yeah, it's a little risque, but it's it's basically it looks like, you know, women in 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 classy, you know, things from the fifties. You know, it's right. just it's fluffy right. skirts and right. kind of like that a the whole, boa, you know, no. the French cabaret. Thing, it would know, be like, like burlesque. Moulin Moulin Rouge. It's like it's it's like Moulin Rouge. Yeah, like a burlesque. And so. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was thinking, well, it's a little, it's a little risque, but oh well, go ahead, have yes. fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I had no clue what I'm getting myself into. My brother's like, sure, I'll go with you, because mm -hmm. I asked him, hey, would you like to go across the street? Apparently, right. there's a cabaret. My cousins who are much younger than me said, oh, we're gonna go with you guys, and they fell asleep. Brother and I, we go across the street, and we see that this building is divided in two. 
One part says it's a strip club. The other part says it's a cabaret. I'm what to at, choose? What to choose? No, I'm looking at my brother, and I'm seeing people, and I'm seeing people leave the strip club going over to the cabaret side. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, that's odd. These people are clearly leaving a place where there's naked women to see women do a song and dance routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Connecticut has a rule, once more, no selling liquor after 12. I think they they removed, oh. that, they removed that rule. Oh, this is why they, it hmm. became a, a cabaret. Because apparently the strip clubs can't sell alcohol after 12. So people go over to the cabaret and it's all B-Y-O-B. Bring your own booze. So basically people oh, no. leave the strip club. I didn't know that. Take a brown paper bag and bring the booze with them over to the other side. And it's an all-nude strip club. Mm-hmm. My eyes were not ready for what I saw that day. Mm. I would, I would, I looked at my brother, my brother and I looked at each other like, this wasn't what I, 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 I thought we were getting ourselves into. So my brother and I looking, looking around for a minute or two, and the lady says, well, you know, this is a BYOB place. If you really want to stay here, you have to go buy some Red Bull. I looked at my brother and said, I'm not spending $8 on Red Bull, and we left. That was oh. the first time and the only time I've ever been to a strip club. And, and that all, was the only it, reason you left, babe. That was the only reason you left. All because of Red Bull. And, and it's all because of my wonderful girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't well, see that now. I didn't spending time at well, a strip club. Now, now I know the true meaning of Red Bull. Because that story was Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was his you wanna, Red Bull you story. You want to spend $16 okay. on two cans of Red Bull? Oh, a person? boy. Well... I, li- I like the part of the story where they only looked around for a few minutes. That part. Where, uh, yeah, where, I know. I, that, I heard that part. I yes, heard that. Yes. We only, we, we only looked anything. around for you a few minutes. didn't hear anything. Yeah. Mm, those sconces. Yeah, I noticed the, that part. The wall uh-huh. sconces were yeah. really nice. You know, those wall sconces. Where did they get those wall sconces? I don't right. know. Where they, exactly. Oh, look at the tables. The, the furniture was really nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd be surprised. The bartender was so friendly. I was, <laughs> I, I was tempted to go back there and ask them um, who decorated who the place. Who decorated the place. Nice, right. Maybe they do weddings, you know? Maybe they might do weddings. They might do special <laughs> affairs. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's... Oh, oh, oh. Okay, now that... we need to rain in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> do weddings. Nice. Nice move. <laughs> so is so this is the, the podcast this is the podcast team is it not yes it's pretty much me and sandy with uh with a guest you happen to be the occasional f- guest for an me. occasional guest yes yeah. as you said um yeah. you happen to be the first guest of excuse me what's like you're listening to um sandy wasn't available to record the day i recorded with you so it was me running <laughs> solo with you as a as my shotgunning partner and yes. It, this is it. it. We're just basically starting. So, I, so I'm, a no, I'm a substitute. Yes. Mm, well, it, I, I wouldn't be I, interviewing I, Sandy per se. Sandy, I don't mind being your substitute. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Are you trying to say I'm in good hands like I don't mind. You, I don't mind you being my substitute either. Oh, it's okay. great, 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 great. I approve. So what will be the subject matter of Excuse Me? Well, Excuse Me mostly focuses on people that love podcasts, that love television, that love any form of medium, whether it's a book, music, television, anything and everything. We're pretty much 
don't want to keep it pigeonholed to just one particular thing. We want to be able to open it more to a fluent conversation. My philosophy is the greatest thing that you can have is great conversation with interesting people. So being able to have that with, um, for example, when I had you on, we talked about music, your, uh, a little bit about your upbringing and my upbringing, and we talked about television, what makes great television writing. And it's just, uh, the beautiful thing is, it's really about us, how well we get along and the things that, that, that link us together. What would you think, Sandy? Yeah, I think that sounds like a, I think it sounds like a great concept for a podcast. And that's you know, why... it's linking. I kind of want to do, you know, a little bit of current events, a little bit of news sometimes if it's applicable, lots of entertainment, um, you know, movies, TV, music, of course, music. We have to talk about music. Yes, yes. And uh, also, you know, just all sorts of like things like that. Yeah, I think it would be great. Considering you keep me young with your taste in music because you listen to more of the more uh, modern stuff as well as older stuff. And I tend to... I listen to everything. Yeah. yeah I I'm, tend to I'm stay, very eclectic. Yeah, I tend to stay more towards... <clears throat> if it's new, eh, maybe not at this moment. <laughs> I yeah. listen to the stuff I, yeah. I didn't grow up listening to. So that's one of the things I think is beautiful about our relationship. As well as I said with Mr. Dar of Dar Radio, <laughs> that music brings us from all different parts of the world together. And it's more like, you know how the old Silk Road used to be where people used to trade and barter and things like that. I'll give you something to listen to. You give me something to listen to. And we we'll, we'll, can tell each other's personalities and what we're like based on that. Yeah. What type of music do you like, Sandy? I know you have an eclectic uh, view of music. Uh, is there anything I, that you lean I towards? I do. I really, it, it, it sways with the wind of what I, I'm into at any given moment. But I have, I have a very wide range, very eclectic musical taste. I, I love everything that I grew up with. I love old uh, rock and uh, stuff my parents listened to. Mm. And, but, and stuff I grew up with, my parents loved the Eagles and, right, and right. Simon and Garfunkel uh, and, yes, those and, folk songs. and they, they loved Linda Ronstadt, The mm -hmm. Temptations, mm -hmm. the, you know, um, just all of that type of music. Mm -hmm. And then I love everything that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I love modern stuff too. You know, I, I like all sorts of different music, but my, um, my brother was a jazz musician, and so I have a lot of background of like jazz music too in in, in our family, and so I was exposed to a lot of jazz musicians um, when I was young um, because he played with a lot. He played with a lot of old uh, time rock and rollers too, but he um, he played a lot with a lot of you know old old jazz musicians. And so I have all sorts of, you know, musical taste, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I remember um, the people that I loved the most when I'd meet them um, when, he, when he was a musician. I loved the old, old school jazz musicians the best. They were the nicest guys. If I remember correctly, you said that you were on really good friendly terms with Count Basie, if I'm correct? 
I went out to dinner once with the Count Basie band. Wow. And uh, they were such amazing gentlemen. Wow. They were, that's all I can say is they were like the total, total class. Mm-hmm. Very, very classy guys, you know, just extremely sweet and, and kind. And, you know, I was just a kid. I was probably mm-hmm. 20 years old. They didn't have to be nice to me. I was right. just in a group of people that, like, my brother and all of his friends were, were some of the young musicians in the group. But, you know, they had played with them in a, in a jazz festival. And they didn't have to be kind to us. They were famous men, you know, right. in, in their, you know, everybody knows who they are. That's right. And they were, and they were classy and sweet and kind and engaging they wanted to know about they didn't want to only talk about themselves they wanted to talk about and you know they wanted to talk about you too right. and have con- real conversations and <clears throat> those were the people that i liked the most i i met buddy rich once he was a really great guy too. my brother loves buddy rich my brother has yeah. bought a few of his um like, books and videos on how to be able to do paradiddles and play a little bit like buddy mm-hmm. rich my my brother actually played with him quite a few times. Wow. Um, wow. So you come yeah. from a musical family, too. I come from a musical family, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Wow. I played classical piano when I was young, but I was not a musician like my brother was a musician. Wow. He was an amazing musician. Wow. I have come but... from a, a family of musical spectators, so... Well, you know, my my philosophy on that is that if you have people that are great playing music, you need great people to listen to it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know what's funny is you play any opera. My dad, my dad's like it's it's like garlic to a vampire. My dad's like, oh no no, keep it away. My dad, my dad, mom and dad are really interesting. They love merengue. They love bachata. They love merengue. um, some salsa they on occasion. They love music. Balance. They always have some kind of music playing in the house. But they, they, my, they, but they do. don't like, you know, they like some of the stuff they grew up with in the seventies. They even yeah, stuff like they the have their Jackson and whatnot. But I think yeah, that's about they have it. their genres of music. They if like, you ask them you to know? listen to anything outside of their parameters, it's almost <laughs> right. Right, but well, you know that's most people, though. Don't you true. think that's, that's most true. people? I, they have I most agree. people have a very very specific genre of music that they're more into mm-hmm. and they don't really stray from that you know the old thing where everybody you know a lot of people stick with the music that they listen to in high school and that's all they ever listen to for the rest of their life you that's know right. i think it's more unusual for somebody to you know uh, have a really varied musical taste and i think that oftentimes it is people who who either were musicians or grew up around musicians, you know, musical people mm-hmm. um, have a love for music just in general. Right. And they have an appreciation for all different kinds of music because they, they can, um, you know, they can appreciate what goes behind all of that. And, the, mm-hmm. and like my brother always says, this is what's funny about my brother always says, everybody is a bound geek. It doesn't matter how big of a pop star you are, you started out as a band geek. Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody right. starts when they were a kid as, you know, they all started somewhere. And inside of them, they all feel like a little bit of, they're, they're dancing around the stage like the biggest, you know, 
star in the world on stage, and all they are inside is a, is a little band gig. Right. You know, and they all have that in common. Well, the best uh -huh. example is the members of Metallica. A few of them were actually members of the, their band, marching bands and stuff like that. But, you know, that leads Oh, yeah, they, they, they all were. And they all, the members of Metallica all have like master's degree in music. Yeah. Most people don't realize that often people who are, you know, are famous musicians, if you delve into their backgrounds, they, they have bachelor's and master's degrees in music because they're just kind of geeky music people. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's just the genre that they chose to go into. Yeah. That leads me to an interesting question for you both. What was your first concert that you ever attended? Um, oh boy, Mr. Dar, if you need too many years if you for need, me to Mr. even remember. If you need time oh, to think about it, you wow. can. I asked Sandy this <laughs> earlier, so she knows this question ahead uh -huh. of time. But um, Sandy, if you want to answer the question first, I'll tell you what mine I is would... afterwards. Well, I can answer, but I wanted to hear what Mr. Dyes was. Oh, well, you know, it's been so... To try to think about what was your first, that, that is... Not I know. Not I was you, having... Not concert that you were taken to, mm -hmm. but first concert that you said, this is, a, this is who I want to see. Wow. See, that's two different things, yes. I think, because I was taken to concerts my whole life because my whole family was very, you know, musical, and so from the time I was young... My parents would take me to the concerts that they wanted to see. So I would see Neil Diamond, Linda Ronstadt, Johnny Mathis, all of their tastes in music, the Eagles, all their tastes in music. But uh, the first concert I chose to go to, like, I said, Mom, Dad, I really want to go to that concert myself. Probably, I was probably a preteen, like 11 or 12, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to remember, I I think it was the Bee Gees. I think it was the Bee Gees. And, um, and it could have had Bee Gees and Andy Gibb together. Um, but I'm trying to remember if it was the Bee Gees or if it was, I think it's soon after that, I saw <laughs> Billy Joel for the first time in concert. You, you know, you so it could have been the Billy Joel. You, you know you're <laughs> making me laugh Joel. about the Bee Gees because I told you this story with my mom <laughs> and the Andy Gibbs song. I just want to be your everything. My yeah. mom thought the song was called Force of Love. So for the longest amount of time, I kept on looking for lyrics, Force of Love, over Force and over love. and over and Force scoured the internet. And everything <laughs> I could look up for lyrics to see if I could find Force of Love. And then my mom goes, that's the song? That's the song? I'm like, Mom, he said, for so long. <laughs> she goes, that's, so exact long. <laughs> that's exactly what I said, Mom. No, it isn't. <laughs> For so long. Oh, that's so cute. I'm telling you, I keep, my mom kept on singing, always sings that, that one part. And I always wondered to myself, what song is it that she keeps on talking about? And I keep on looking for it over and over. For years, I looked for this song. Wow. Only, to, only for it to come up in a commercial. And she goes, that's the song. I'm like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, that is kind of common for, for that to happen, where people uh, uh, put in word, the words to the song that they actually want to hear. And, and so it comes out that until you sing it to someone who knows what the real words are. Wait a minute. I've, I've had my kids do that to me. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> now, exactly. If, if you need more time to think about it, Mr. Dar, let me give you the, the concert that I went to first. My first concert that I've ever gone to 
apart from like say a school concert that my brother would uh, often go to uh, have to perform in was Iron Maiden in 2008 I believe my Uh first concert because I started listening to the music later in life and I really loved the that was was it 2008 I think it might have been I think it might have been 2008 might have been 2006 and I started listening to them because VH1 did this docu- um, documentary on, I think it was, or this countdown on top 40 uh, hard rock or heavy metal songs. And I fell in love with the song Run to the Hills because it's about the Native American, the plight of the Native Americans. And then they played The Number of the Beast. And then they played A Fear of the Dark in this in this top 40. And I said, wow, I really want to check what these this band's about. Because I used to see all these people with uh, t-shirts of the band on and I'm like, oh, that's not for me, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, I used to listen to a lot of rap and R&B and stuff like that growing up and even uh, pop music. And then I basically listened to their stuff and it was blown away that I ended up going to their first concert with my friend Lada, who's now in Brazil, and um, listened to their their live album that they did in Brazil, which blew me away, that in an arena, it was a festival, and at this festival, they aired it on 37 Brazilian channels, and they had 130,000 people in the audience. So wow. basically, you're hearing this crowd sing with this this Brazilian crowd singing with this English, new wave British heavy metal band. And just hearing the audience right. sing with them was like amazing. I said, I really want to know whatever they got, and I checked them out for the first time in concert, and I was blown uh-huh. away. Where did you see them? Nassau Coliseum. Where was it? I saw them at Nassau Coliseum. Uh-huh. We sat, we had pretty good seats and the seats weren't that expensive. And ever so often, I stopped, I only go, went to see them, I think two or three times. Those are the only bands I had seen live three times. And then my friend Karishma started, um, invited me to, of all bands, to see Ario Speedwagon. And, I, and you and I had a conversation about this. I was completely blown away by how amazing they performed. I said, Ariel Speedwagon, yeah. you know, they, I thought it was like <laughs> yeah, a, they're really a amazing. 80s band. And then I'm listening to them sing, and I'm like, wow, this, you know, they play really well. And then I listened to Cheap Trick for the first time live, their entire selection, and I thought they were great. I saw Poison perform, and I thought they were great. And basically, every time the, the same bands with the same set lists come back to Long Island, I like to see if I can go through Groupon and pay $20 to see these bands perform. You know, obviously they're 80s bands, but they still can bring it and they bring such great music with them that you have to attend. So back to you, Mr. Dar. Uh, I'm going to take you down a different road because, you know, when I was uh, stretching my mind to try to think of the first concert uh, that I uh, had ever gone to, I was actually drawing a blank. And I think one of the reasons why I was drawing a blank is that in my generation, um, when I was coming up, and I guess from the uh, from uh, my my situation, my family situation, I did really did not get to go to um, concerts until I was uh, I was grown. And, Same here. And right. so, so the <coughs> the influence of music for me actually came from the radio and TV. Uh, uh, especially, yeah. especially the radio. The radio was very important, and uh, I think in the, in the first interview that you that we did together, uh, Jose, I, I expressed, I sort of expressed that that idea to you that uh, my generation was more um, uh, ingrained in the radio, and my parents 
Uh, my parents yeah. were even, even they were, you know, before television, uh, there was the radio. So the radio uh, was really strong, uh, really strong influence for us. And we heard most of our music via the radio. And um, yeah. so all of those artists and my love for music actually came from that. And uh, like you, um, Sandy, uh, I have an eclectic view because uh, yeah. that uh, th the music that I listened to was not the ordinary uh, music that uh, teenagers listened to. I listened to classical music. I liked Bach and Wagner, and, and I listened to the... the I was going to ask you that. Yeah. It's, yes. Like, if your parents, did you grow up listening to classical music? Yes. Well, I did. Because that was something my dad, my dad loved classical music, and right. he he would play classical music, and we'd sit around the radio listening to classical music. Right. I have memories of that, yes. you know. Yes. And, uh, yes. So that's where my, my love for music came also, uh, because it was a great tool. I, I did listen to, you know, the, the Motown and, you know, all of those, the popular music of the day. But I also discovered that this was a way for me to travel outside of my cultural bounds. And so I, um, unlike most people, as we've already said, they stick to a certain genre and go throughout their lives listening to a certain type of music. Uh, the fact that I could go different places uh, and in with music, I could go to Asia and Africa and yeah. Europe. Uh, I, could, I could take it back to the next century and listen to the music that that uh, the, these great uh, composers composed. This was the, the most interesting thing to me and really uh, stoked yeah. the fires of my interest in music altogether. Um, but well, do you remember the first time that you were exposed to like a completely different genre of music and that kind of shock and yet amazement that you were listening to something completely different than you'd ever heard? I remember the first time I listened to Latin music. Yes, yes. And, and like a Latin salsa or mm. the first time I, you know, was exposed to different genres of music and you're just totally fascinated by the, the beat of it and right. the sound of it and 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 you kind of even remember like where you were when you, right. you first heard somebody um, play something like that, or and I, I remember we were walking by a restaurant once, and it was my parents, and there was this beautiful Latin music coming out of this restaurant, and they had like an open air, like open air where the um, the walls, you know, slide up, and there was they pushed had pushed the table aside, and there was like a Latin dancer, people dancing Latin dance, a salsa all over the place, and and you know you remember things like that. You remember the first time you you heard something different. And unique to that wasn't a part of your specific culture that you grew up with, and what your parents listened to, or what radio stations they chose to you know chose for you to listen to. You know you what know? I recognize is that you both happen to be very fortunate in many ways when it comes to music because there weren't cable cable television didn't exist yet, so you mostly relied on regular public television. And yeah. they had, I think it was Bert Sugarman's, you know, rock concerts and stuff like that, where they would have actual concerts 
on regular television because you know there wasn't a lot of programming. Mm -hmm. So you would you, you either watch a sitcom, you watch a television show, or you'd actually sit down with your family and would look forward to watching a concert from the very beginning to the very end. I think it was like Bert Sugarman's special, thirty eight special or something like mm -hmm. that, where they used to have all those special concerts where this for example the police when they first started, mm -hmm. they'd have the police on doing a concert for an hour and you get to listen to you know British pop punk or all these different bands would come yeah. out. And you well, actually there had was, yeah. Sorry, there sorry. was musical variety shows. Yes. And, those and so on TV, uh, the, the, you know, um, early television would have, um, you know, uh, musical variety shows. Yes. Um, yes. And yes. because you have so and much selection. Then you of... got exposed to, you got exposed to music that way. Um, I, you know, I remember watching American Bandstand and, um, I would I would run home from school so that I could listen, you know, get turn on American Bandstand and uh, the Soul Train. That's right. That was like Dick right Clark. after school in grade school. Yes, Dick Clark, yeah. American Bandstand, and yeah. Um, uh, for me, it was back a little further when we 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 listened to the Tammy uh, Show. The who? Tammy Show, I think it was called. Tammy show. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. That's where a lot of um, I have I have to figure out what the Tammy stands for, but I think oh. Dick Clark was hosted it for a little while, and there was used to be all Motown artists there. Oh. Otis Redding came on there. I can't even hmm. find out the, uh, uh, the. Actually, I was thinking of Ed Sullivan. Um, Ed Sullivan. Yeah, that. Ed Sullivan show. He actually introduced show. the Beatles. The Beatles had their first exposure to American uh, uh, television through the Ed Sullivan show. So he used to bring out, well, he had a, a format of uh, lots of different artists, but he certainly brought out the musical artists also. And we, we, saw those, we saw those. And Sandy, yes, you mentioned Soul Train. And I remember getting it, you know, on Saturday morning, you get a Soul Train. And we'd watch yeah. that, you know. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was a party on TV. It was, you know, and, yeah. and the Dick Clark. And, and you saw people dancing, and right. you, you could pick up how they danced That's to right. the music because they would right. have different steps mm -hmm. that they would do for different types of music. Yes. And, um, and, and, it, and it was a more interactive, of course, you know, to, to actually see people, you know, interacting with the music like that mm -hmm. than you got just off of the radio. That's right. That's right. And, um, and, and for the first time, you could see what the people look like yes. in singing the music. That's right. That's Instead right. of just like, if you bought the album, sometimes mm -hmm. you could get the liner, you know, the liner notes or something like that, or the back of the album would have a picture right. or the front of the album mm -hmm. <clears throat> would have people's pictures. Yes. But the interaction but, um, was very important, that, you know, because the host would always engage them and you could find out little personal things about them and, and that sort of thing. So it was very engaging. Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I looked it up. The Tammy Show was was meant um, Teenage Award Music International or Teenage Music International. The people that I actually don't even remember. this this what year was it? Oh, this was in I would say the late sixties. It actually started. Um, oh, way before before my time. <laughs> um, they had the these are the bands that actually played on there. They had the Barbarians, the Beach Boys, Chuck Berry, and the Famous Flames. Marvin Gaye performed with backing vocals of the Blossoms, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Leslie Gore, Jan and Dean, which were the MCs for it, Billy J. Kramer and the Dakota, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, the Rolling Stones, which this is what really 
exposed them to the United States and the Supremes. So this uh-huh. this was like a, a series of concerts that they would record the um, the you know live performances and they would distribute them in movie theaters and on television for a long while, and it really was the early basis of American Bandstand. Oh, okay. And eventually, you were able to purchase these um, these movies, and then eventually, you were able to um, they put them out on VHS for people that really wanted to see the original performances because those performances you you can only see if you didn't if you missed it you were out of luck because you weren't going to see it again so the the tammy show was really where a lot of stars that were emerging really got their um ability to show their their capabilities that's what i was remembering because i know you mentioned american bandstand and even ed sullivan you know those they controlled a lot of the music waves but then you also think of take a look at how Music even became popular. They had to flow through those type of places, through um, Ed Sullivan or even mm-hmm. Dick Clark or even, uh, what's the other guy? Steve Allen, I think it was, right. who had his show on for a while. That's right, Steve Allen, the Steve Allen show. Yes. Well, you know, our music... So, Mr. Dar, do you remember the first time you had, the first time you saw um, television? Like, how old were you? The first time we saw... <laughs> well, I'm just asking, because my dad, my dad says that he, his parents didn't, they didn't buy a TV right away. Right. Like, everybody else had TVs, and right. his parents were kind of old, old-fashioned, and they didn't have a TV. Right. They only had the radio. And right. so he, he said that everybody else he knew, all of the kids in the neighborhood, they all had TVs, but he didn't get to watch it. And so he said he was a little bit older, actually, right. when he when he first saw TV. And and I think it was, I was going to ask, because I think it was more like the Ed Sullivan show, when people started, like, gathering around a TV to watch the singers and the interviews of famous people and things like that. You know, politicians would go on the shows and, and all sorts of things like that. But do you remember, like, do you remember a time when you, like that you that there was only the radio in your life or did you always have a a tv i think that we we always had a a tv in my in my memory um there was you know even as a very small child there was tv Um, i think that that my parents uh i think we were like just on the edge of, of, of uh, television, you know, we need to look up when did television yeah. actually break into the market? I, I guess I it could... must have been right. in the <clears throat> late forties. I would late say late forties, right? Because so, those were the huge, huge boxes. Yeah, that maybe you're lucky right. if they came it with the radio built in. I think it's late forties, so I was like right on the cusp of, of my lifespan to 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 because I remember right. the children's shows. That, that that the howdy doody show and and uh so buffalo bob smith uh these these shows go away the red skeleton show uh these were early tv shows uh so i'm pretty sure that i was probably within a 10 year span of it being uh initiated in me and me actually understanding what what yeah. was going on there um well, it's interesting that you happen to mention that. My mom talked about my grandfather and television often. Mm-hmm. My grandfather brought the first television to the Dominican Republic in my in their village was uh, brought 
by my grandfather when he came really? to the United States. He he sent it over in like the I would say maybe 1966, 1967, the first television in their village. So when they he brought it over, sent it, you know, on a boat and everything, they plugged in the television and they would get signal from the capital. All these kids from the entire village would come flocking towards my great-grandparents' house to watch television shows and stuff like that. So it was like what you had mentioned, um, Joseph, <laughs> how your family, when you know, um, when, when Cam was growing up, how you would play, you know, make music, you know, uh, make pancakes and make breakfast right. while the family's all gathering together. It was like that. Pretty much the house was like. Oh, it was a gathering. The, it was just a gathering yeah. of, of all these folks watching soap operas and all this stuff that was ever available. Yes. Well, the television did that. Uh, we were aware of that, that, you know, it, it was a special thing. I know that my father didn't let any, no one could turn the channels but him. No one could touch those channels. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so you know, it was a very it was a very technical thing to you know turn the channels. You know, no, no one else touches the channels. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so there was that. And, and then you was, had to you had to adjust the antennas until right, you got right. just the right, <laughs> the you know, on each of the stations. Yes, Young yeah, people yeah, don't know about yeah, the rabbit ears. Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, well, the Jose, little rabbit ears, right. you know, Jose, you'd I, have to make sure it came I, in. I was thinking about yeah. what Jose was just saying about the first television in the village. And I was, and, and I, my mind, you know, cause my mind goes to these places and I'm saying, wait a minute, the first television in the village and all the villages come in, but there's no place to plug the TV into. <laughs> there's no electricity. They, they weren't that crude. They had wait, some sort of electricity. Wait, wait, nothing to plug it into. So they were all looking at the blank screen like, oh, America. No, they, well, it says here that the first televisions were around the 1920s. Okay. But they were really super crude. Ah. But around the 1930s, yeah. they really started popping in <clears throat> more okay. households. Right. And by the 1950s... Yeah, were... but people didn't totally have them, though, babe, because my mom talk, and dad talked about that because my parents were born in 1942 and 1943. And Yeah, but they're saying by the, 50s, that... by the 50s, they started popping into more households. Well, she, it was more like my dad said he, they didn't have a TV. They both, let's see, they graduated in like 1963 or something like that from high school, 1961, something like that. And, um, he said he didn't, they didn't own a TV until like 1957, mm -hmm. you know, right before he graduated from high school. They were expensive. And so, yeah, TVs were expensive and, and, um, his dad was kind of a radio guy. He um, he sold radios. He was kind of a um, he sold like different electronics mm -hmm. things, which is really interesting that he was he sold electronics and and, and he worked for an electronics company, but he didn't own a TV until much later. It was resistance. But, um, it was, I think it was. It was resistance yes. on some of their parts. It mm -hmm. was like radio was their life, That's and right. he was. Um, and he, uh, he actually, um, for a while he was kind of a traveling salesman and he, my, um, my dad's dad was a traveling salesman that sold, um, um, radios and, but he sold different parts and things to radio stations. Mm -hmm. So it was more than that. So he, he sold things, uh, you know, different, I, I, I know nothing about radio. 
and so I don't know what what he sold, but it had something to do with different things that were manufactured to run large radio stations across the country, and he he had a part of that. But anyway, it maybe because of that, because of what he did for a living, he was resistant to buying a TV. And maybe he just, you know, maybe he was old fashioned and he wanted his kids to study and go to school and not, you know, stare at a TV. And he, 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 he loved classical music. And so, um, but he, so he, my dad grew up listening to a lot of classical music on the radio. radio, And so that's why he, yeah, on the radio. Yeah. And, and his dad listened to some jazz. Um, he mostly loved loved jazz and classical, and so my dad grew up. Those are those are the music influences that he had, and so he was that kind of first generation of rock. Mm. And um, right, you know, oh, the when all the yeah, exactly. And my dad would describe how how his his father would literally freak out when he would play records. Of rock and roll, he That's he right. described once that he took a record. He said, "Quit playing this stuff," and he mm-hmm. broke the record because mm-hmm. he was so mad. Mm-hmm. So my dad, I think it might have been Elvis. Mm-hmm. I think he told me that he had bought a record of like Elvis oh, or something, or it was like was it or was it Ch- or was it Chuck Berry? Uh, is it Chuck, Chuck Berry? Yeah. No, I think it's say what's a guy yeah. maybe Chuck or something. <laughs> no, well, Chuck it could have been Chuck, Chuck I mean, Checker. I can't remember. I, I'm trying to remember the story Chuck now of which Berry. album he had yeah. bought. Wow. But it was somebody at that time that was like considered. Oh, that was like the evils of rock and roll. The and it was you know very Elvis. Yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. one I of those type of people actually went through that same demonization. You know, when we yeah. when, when we're confronted with things we don't understand, it must be the devil. It must be the devil. Right. They did the same thing to marijuana. You know, the who was the movie? Uh, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Yes, Reefer uh-huh. Madness. Don't let your kids this crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna jump <laughs> off of buildings That's and they're right. gonna start playing. Uh, Ouija boards. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We always demonize things we don't understand, and I think television went a little that's through true. that also through through that period. Well, oh no, we can't, you know, let our children watch this thing. This is this is this uh, idiot box, you know. Um, still today, yeah. there are people who won't let their children um, uh, watch any television because it it it, it rots the minds. Yes. Right. It'll, it'll rot your mind. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we, we go through those demonizations of things, you know. Uh, it's such a primitive response that we have to certain things. And, and music. And it's amazing because the conversation had, that we had embarked on really uh, was surrounding that the, the idea that people uh, don't explore uh, musical choices. Um, I, sometimes I'm faced with people who will say, oh, you listen to hip-hop or rap music? I won't listen to that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so rap music and hip-hop is the new demon, demonized uh, music genre. 
you know. And um, I, I think that, uh, you know, with all music, with, with anything, there is good and there is bad, you know. There's some... Exactly, there, you yep. know, there, there, There's some music that, you know, is not worth listening to. Uh, I don't know for whatever right. reason it is, you know, but... Um, it's because music is a taboo. Really, the essence of music is is at the deepest, deepest core of music. The the bottom layer of music is taboos, and it's how far are you willing to break the societal norms. Elvis, for example, he broke societal norms because of the way he was dancing. Oh my God, look at this this man dancing mm. on, on television. His hips are moving. His hips are moving. Oh, we know that those things, the way yeah. he's moving his hips yes. signify certain things. And, oh, they, we got to keep our children's eyes away from looking at the way he moves because it's going to make them feel certain things inside. We can't have that going on. Later on, you had bad fashion because of disco. You know, the mm. bell bottoms. Mm -hmm. Bad yeah. fashion. I'm, I'm just hoping one of you guys will crack in on me because I'm talking about how <laughs> bell bottom <laughs> jeans were awful. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Don't talk about my bell bottoms. You know, you really, had your punk really, rockers I trying to... Punk rockers were trying to figure out what was the... What, their place was in life, so they try to break the standards and in, in the norms of the society through mm -hmm. their, their stuff. And hip hop was, we like it, it's music, we want to be able to party well with it. And then mm -hmm. eventually it went from partying to talking about a message. And then we went from a message to gangster rap. And gangster rap, people are like, where can we take this? What? Oh, look at the people we're selling it to. We want to be able to make more money and exploit these things. It's all, really, it's all about breaking taboos. It is. It's it all is. about well, starting conversations. It is, but it's also just, a, it's just art and different cultural art forms. Yes. And an expression of, of the culture that the person is living in. It's not exactly. always... I'm trying to break a taboo. Yes, it is that often, mm -hmm. but you know the rap. Rap is just rap is just um, poetry set to a beat. Mm -hmm. Yes, That's right. so they were they were just combining mm -hmm. you know the poetry and talking about their their lives, That's their right. you know their culture, mm -hmm. um, maybe some politics sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Um, uh, but at the beginning, there wasn't that much, uh, you know, politics in it. Right. Um, if you it go, if you go to the very, very yeah, beginning like, of rap, right. when, when it comes um, to rap and myself, I liked rap until I would say the early aught, and then I sort of tailed off from there. I really love. The yeah, 80s I like more rap than you do too. It's I, funny how you I, you would think that you were the you were the uh, the the. Baby, the generation you were that that first kind of generation of when you were in high school, right. you would think that you would be this like huge fan of rap, and you're not. Right. And I, I, there's a lot of rap that I really, really love, and you're yes. like, nah, you know. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah right. but it's because you know what and, happened, and I and I explained to you to you, and I, Mr. Darno, that when it comes to music, I was only exposed to pigeonhole to Latin music. Sometimes American yeah. music will filter through, but it's mostly Latin music what I was exposed to. So I had to go on my own journey to learn about other types of music and be able to branch out from there. So my first album I ever purchased happened to be, actually I purchased two albums that day. It was Nas's, it was written album, and the other album happened to be an album about doo-wop music. 
So one was a rap music album, and the other one happened to be a doo-wop music. Stuff that basically my grandfather grew up around. And it's stuff yeah. that I embraced because it's it, I just wanted to be able to figure out what's the root of all these all this music. What makes music that I like? That's why for a long time, you know, with people that love rap music, they're like, oh my God, do you get the lyrics? Do you get the significance of those lyrics? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I was paying attention to the beat. When people are like, oh, I love yeah. Eminem. Eminem's music is great. I'm like, yeah, I thought it was okay, but I really like wanted to hear the beats in the song. But people like talking about the context of it, unless I have the liner notes where I'm able to read the lyrics and be able to understand it, I'm so used to things at a slower pace that I'm able to absorb it more. So rap music I was exposed to later, I would say when um, when Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg started coming around, that's when I started listening to rap uh-huh. music. But I was never listening to Public Enemy when they first came You didn't out. listen to, like, Run, Run DMC or... Yeah, nope, I wasn't exposed to Run DMC until I was... You did I wasn't exposed to Run DMC until... How could you not be exposed to Run DMC? Until... I don't well, know. I don't, I don't know. You want to know what the first rap song... You want me to tell you what the first... <laughs> the, the first rap songs I can tell you I ever listened to was El General, the Panamanian-born rapper, when he did that song with CNC Music Factory a long while back. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And the other first rap, rap song that I was exposed to was You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. You <laughs> oh, couldn't get away God. from it. And, and Ice Ice Baby by, by Vanilla Ice. Yeah. So those were the first yeah. new rap songs I was ever exposed to. Yeah. I lived in Freeport where Public Enemy was from. And I wasn't exposed to them until basically the mid That's to late so 90s. weird. <laughs> I wasn't it, exposed that... to it. It's because, babe, the when, you're in the, when you're in the car... <laughs> When you're in the car, who's the one that picks the radio station? Yeah, I guess so. It's what your parents are listening to. And if you only have two televisions in your household, you're only going to watch what your parents are watching. Two televisions? But you didn't have, like, a radio of your own? No. No, we didn't. I didn't have. You a, didn't have a radio of your I own that you listened to, own. like in your room. Nope. Your, I didn't have a radio. Of a my little own. clock radio uh, next to your bed. I had a radio of my own in 1996, and I was 14 years old in what? 1996. Oh, okay. no, crazy! Uh, 96. Yeah, no, I think no, 95. Because my dad, when he, my dad gave gave me a radio that played CDs. And I bought the Fuji's album, and it scratched my entire album. And I kept on taking it back yeah. over to Blockbuster and saying, I'm sorry, but this album is not playing. And they said to me, well, it plays on our radio. I don't know why it doesn't play on yours. <laughs> <laughs> my dad gave me a bootleg little CD radio. And every time I would play it, yeah. it kept on skipping <laughs> over and over and over. Because someone threw, I think someone threw it out. And my dad's like, well, this looks like a nice radio. Let me give my son a radio so he can be exposed to music on his own. <laughs> Yeah, see, I always always had like a little a little radio in a, in our room. Yes, right. My sister and right. I shared a room, and we radio. always had That's a little right. radio next to our bed. Right. I had a cassette player. Right. <laughs> Right. And a little small portable Walkman. Well, that's the Walkman. thing. A, like, was, I remember the first radio, LP a, I bought. It was yeah. a Radio Shack cassette <laughs> player. And I had, like, mostly Spanish yeah. music I was listening to. And you remember <laughs> you remember Shoppers Village, the guy that used to sell tapes and CDs right. and stuff like yeah. that? I bought, like, 1950s and 1960s music and exposed myself to that. Oh, so basically okay. stuff that people, my generation, would say, oh, get that crap off the radio. That's my mom and dad stuff. I'm like, give it to me. I want to listen to all of it because... As um, when I lost my grandfather, I was about 14 years old. I wanted to be able to listen to the stuff that he listened to when he first came into the, this country. So that's when I, st- 
having taken in middle school and high school music appreciation, I just devoured music like it was candy. You exposed me to it. I wanted to figure out the main root of it. So that's how I learned to listen to the blues music. That's how I learned to listen to R&B music. Yeah. Some, you know, rock and roll music. I didn't listen to my first Beatles song till sixth grade. So I had no clue who the Beatles were. And I thought they were overrated anyway, because I love the Rolling Stones. Oh, no, don't even try it. Don't even try it. <laughs> I, no. love Stones. I, I love the Rolling Stones. I love the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. Let me tell you something. The Rolling Stones for me are the greatest, one of the greatest bands because they were willing to go places that the Beatles weren't willing to. Oh, it's blasphemy. Best example is Mommy's Little Helper. <laughs> Mommy's Little Helper. When you listen to that song, you're like, oh my God, what a drag it is getting older. You know, and they talk about what mommies need to do in order to be able to absorb life. I don't know if I can stand him blaspheming <laughs> the name of the Beatles. Oh, you know, for my, for my generation, that was that, that's blasphemy. Oh, over, my over the Rolling Stones? Oh, 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 oh boy, for the Beatles, oh, really. I think that, like the Beatles were a little bit too poppy for my parents. My mom liked, you know, Mama Cass and right. and you know, and my dad listened to to the Rolling Stones and the Eagles and and Jimi Hendrix and we and all oh, those kind like of people. <laughs> yeah, they, they they listened to a little bit more grit, I think. I looking back because I think the Beatles were a little bit more. They were very um, not bubblegum pop, but a lot more lighthearted. Than, you know, it was than, the age um, of the of Aquarius. It was the age yeah, of Aquarius. Exactly. We were flower children. We were smoking. Okay. The, we were smoking the pot. We were, you know. <laughs> Did they come it in was, flavors? You know, <laughs> Did they come in flavors? Dr. Timothy Leary was giving out prescriptions. And we were, uh -huh. we were flowing, and the Beatles encompassed that. They were the encompassment yeah. of a whole era of, of flower power people. We, we invented right. the peace sign and, and uh, yeah. that, love everyone, the age of love. Even Jimi Hendrix came out of that era. So yes, you know, when, when, yeah. you met, when you mentioned the, 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 the Beatles as secondary to, to, to one of our generation, it's, it, it is blasphemy. But one of the, the important, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> so, but one of the, the interesting things I'm finding about this new program and our endeavor on this podcast is that the ex life experiences of all three of us have come together to uh, encapsulate a great podcast. I mean, from the influences <laughs> that, 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 that Jose was not exposed to, which caused his exposure to some really uh, uh, great music, and from uh, my radio time and, and your experience in, 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 uh, in music and, 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 art and the arts, I think that you have the makings of a great, great podcast. That's what this is about. It's just basically us having conversations about the things that connect us all. Whether it's excuse me, what's that you're listening to, or the Dar Radio podcast that we're this is, that this is actually. It's just about what what is it that just attracts us all together like magnets. Yes. There's there's these links and there's these links that we don't recognize unless we look and stare hard at it that connect us all. 
and we're all interconnected. We're all interconnected by all these wonderful things. And it's just wonderful being able to do this with yourself, Mr. Dar, and being able to do this with Sandy. And, you know, I just, it's really all about the conversation and what you do to get the conversation yeah, started. Yeah, it is. Well, I think that's the thing about music is it's a universal love. There, who have you ever met that says, oh, I hate music? Nobody <laughs> really says right. they hate music. Right. Right. You're right Everybody on that. Everybody loves music. They like their own music, maybe more than yeah. somebody else's style of music. But everybody but loves some, music in some way or another. At some it's point in time, your music, wasn't, your, your music wasn't liked by the previous generation, most likely, and so forth. But you know what? That right. that sort of encapsulates our conversation for tonight. And this pretty much ends this our session tonight on Dar Radio's podcast. Well, I'm, I'm thank you for having me here, and it was a, a joy and a pleasure to participate in this conversation. The first podcast for Dar Radio. Yes, I'm so exciting. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful conversation, and keep keep tuned to Dar Radio for more conversations like this. Ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up the first episode of the Dar Radio Podcast. I'm Jose Ramos and I can be reached at excusemejose at gmail.com or daily at Jose's Groove from 9 to 11 p.m. on Dar Radio. I am also the host of the Excuse Me, What's That You're Listening To podcast, which can be found at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Sandy Beebe can be reached at excusemesandy at gmail.com Yosef Dar can be reached at darevents at gmail.com. You can tune into Dar Radio at darassociates.com. What you're about to hear now to close this episode is Yosef and I testing out some radio equipment and goofing off a little bit. So I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. Thank you so much for listening. So, this is the first podcast that we're doing on the Jose Ramos DAW radio show, and we are looking for our first caller. Who's the first caller? Who's the first caller? I believe the first caller is Kevin Gaddy. Yo. What's, yo. Hey, you're on the Jose Ramos DAW radio show. How do you feel about that? That's awesome. You think it's awesome? What do you think, Jose? You just won yourself $5. (laughs) Sweet. $5. What are you going to do with $5? He's going to buy a foot long. He's going to be a foot long with $5? Can you do that? (laughs) I guess. Wait, let him pay taxes. Let him jump in here. What are you going to do with the $5? Oh, I don't really know yet. What do you mean you don't know? Uh, well, I mean... Just for that sorry. answer, we are keeping the $5. <laughs> the $5 came and went. <laughs> you, guys are funny, man. you have to be faster than that, sir. You know, this is this is a radio show. What do you think? What do you think, Jose? 
Now you just lost yourself five more dollars, so you owe us money. I think he owes us five dollars. <laughs> Thank you for wasting our time. Click. <laughs> okay. All right. Next next caller, please. Guys, I'm joking. Okay. Uh, all right. Next caller. Goodbye. <laughs>